Hello and welcome everyone to the second episode of our podcast. My name is Abbas and I'm here with Matthias. And in this second episode, we, I actually want to go deeper into, Matt, your tennis career, your pro tennis career and what it taught you business-wise. Because, I, I mean, we talk each day and almost every day there is a, well, almost every day there's a tennis reference in terms of how you learn something from the tennis or how you are implementing something that you did in your pro tennis career and are still doing it today. So I really thought it would be interesting to go deeper on that because there are so many things that I also see you learned while playing pro tennis, even though it's completely different. It's also actually in a lot of ways the same as doing business. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, I actually wrote a book um, about like the the lessons I learned in pro sports and how it relates to to business. So yes, it's you know everything I everything I, I was very lucky uh, to get into business after having been trained by literally the best coaches in the tennis world. I mean, to give you an idea. Um, I was recruited by Roger Federer's coach, who whose name is Peter Carter. Unfortunately, he passed in a car accident a few months after I joined, uh, after I was signed to join the Swiss Tennis Federation. Um, and then I was trained also by another Peter called Peter Lundgren uh, for a bit in the juniors, and he was then Federer's coach for years. So when he, the first Peter, so Peter Carter passed, Peter Lundgren replaced him as Federer's coach. Uh, and then I was also trained by uh, Roger Federer's conditioning coach when I was, you know, and, and his wife. So they, uh, so Pierre and his wife, Isabel, uh, both are the best tennis conditioning coaches in the world. And they, you know, they, yes, they taught you about conditioning and fitness and everything, but ultimately a lot, a lot about mindset too. And so it's funny because then they coached and trained, trained other, you know, top level athletes who had long careers after I got injured and everything. So, you know, and all, and then I trained with other um, coaches who trained, you know, other top 10 world players. So it's like, I was really lucky to literally be trained by the guys that you see on TV. Yeah, um, trained you know those athletes, and it, it it gives you a different perspective because everything that you do in business is yes, of course we talk about advertising and conversion and social media and uh, visibility and thumbnails and AOV and all that stuff, right? The 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 what makes this industry work but at the same time 90 percent of it is really about the mindset behind how you operate on the on a day-to-day -day basis what you do uh, what you don't do how you structure your day how you start your day how you manage your emotions and things that that are very difficult to teach and that are very difficult to learn after a certain age so you know Funny enough, like I, I, you know, as, as, as a young athlete, you're programmed, you know, you're programmed to think you're programmed to not be emotional because you can't be emotional on a tennis court. You have to be able to 
do the work, do the job. If you lose a point, you have to be able to forget that point quickly because 15 seconds later, there's the next point that you need to play. And so going through that training at a very young age wires your brain and makes you think in a very different way than than a non-athlete. Just because, you know, as athletes, we're conditioned and forced to learn these things very quickly. And if you don't learn them, you do not win. And if you don't win, you don't move up the rankings, mm-hmm. you don't get sponsors, you don't travel all the world and, and play on these big tournaments. So you have to learn very quickly. And so some of the things that I was taught, so, you know, I'm lucky that I was um, trained and coached by these uh, these these coaches, these, uh, these these trainers, without knowing at the time that it would help me for business, because I had no idea that I would come into business after that. I knew I I always wanted to be in business in 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 a way because I started selling very early. Um, we can actually do another episode about my my print newsletter I sold when I was like 10, 11 years old. Oh yeah, definitely. To my to my my classmates, yeah. Uh, I actually have a video of it. I'll let me show it to you. But yeah, so I always wanted. I, I was always interested in 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 business, but I didn't know that the things I was taught, and we'll get into these in a moment. In pro sports, are so applicable in day to day business. So, so a few examples. Um, discipline. Let's start with the first one. Discipline. Right. So, so as an athlete, what you find out, what you what you learn very early is that very few athletes, very few athletes who are not disciplined, succeed. So, to succeed, you need to be extremely disciplined. What does that mean? That means from the the moment you wake up in the morning, uh, you know, the time at which you wake up, the routine you uh, you follow every day. The, the way you structure your meals, the way you structure your workouts, when you, um, you know, when you start work, when you stop work, what you read, what you avoid. So avoiding like things like the news or things that uh, don't help uh, you as an entrepreneur. So, you know, and then sticking to deadlines and then, um, you know, leading other people on teams uh, to and helping them uh, be disciplined to uh, having a clear structure of what you want to do, uh, you know, planning your day, your week, your month, planning the next few years, being focused on what you want to do with that business. So, so I, I say discipline is is the number one thing. Um, it, it one of the things that you learned very early as an athlete because. The equivalent to that in tennis, for example, in this case, is you know uh, when 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 you're if you're playing a, a a tournament on the weekends, you need to make sure that you have enough sleep the day before. You need to make sure that you drink enough water that day. That you wake up early enough to be able to warm up and train. That you get to the tournament place early enough. That you're not stressed because if you're stressed and you rush, you're not well you know prepared enough. Um, that you and during the week that you actually prepare yourself for the tournaments, uh, that you don't overtrain, that you don't undertrain. So all these things to actually get ready for the competition. So all those things, you know, I I I learned them when I was 
10 years old, um, being on time for training, uh, you know, doing like stretching after the workout, after practice, doing more work, going for an extra run. You know, if you feel like you need to train more, so all those things you learn without even knowing that you're learning it. And you don't even know that it's going to be useful five, 10, 15, 20 years later. So discipline is an example. Another one would be the focus. So the ability to focus. Um, so one of the one of the things that you learn very quickly is that you can't, you know, when when you're on the tennis scores, you're alone, right? It's not like playing football or a team sport where you can actually disconnect because there's other players. And if you miss something, you miss something. And it's fine because there's a defender behind you who can catch uh, your mistake. In tennis, if you if you if you make a mistake, mm-hmm. it's on you. So the what, what's interesting with tennis is if you win, it's because you won. Yes, your team is there to help and prep you before the game but if you win it's you it's all you and if you lose it's also all you it's mm-hmm. not the coach it's not the trainer it's not the equipment it's because you lost so the focus aspect this is for example i'll give you an example one of my uh when i was 13 14 years old i was training with this uh uh this this really good good tennis coach and he had this um he had a very he, he had amazing metaphors that he would you know share with his um with his with his players that you would never forget so the fact that i can say this almost 25 years later is a testament to like how um how good of a coach he was because things he he would say things in a way that you would never never forget right so talking about focus right so what what is focus when you play tennis yeah at the time there were were no cell phones but today you can't be looking at instagram and you can't be uh, you know, looking at the news, you can't be looking at who's walking around the courts. Um, you, you know, if there's a siren and police next to the court, you, you can't be looking at that. You have to look at the ball, the player, and just playing. Yeah. And so, what was it, what was interesting? So he he would say this thing. He said, "You have to be so focused on the court and look at only the player and the ball. That's the only thing that matter. You have to be so focused that if." There's a bunch of naked supermodels on the side of the court. You don't even see them. And so the fact that, you know, he always made us laugh with his metaphors. But I I remember it. 25 years, like, he said this almost 25 years ago. And that's how focused you have to be. Mm -hmm. Because when when you're playing and you're returning a serve and it's coming at 200 kilometers an hour, which is normal and average. Is it that fast? If you blink... Sorry? Is it that fast? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Like the top serves are around 220, 230 kilometers an hour. So, oh. you know, you have a few milliseconds to to adapt and adjust. Yeah. If you, if your eye catches someone, you know, on the bench watching you, forget it. You, you know, you, you won't touch the ball. So, you know, focus was something in this case that was taught at a very young age. If you're on the courts, you have one mission, and that mission is to play against or with the player if you're training, but against the player, you have a, you have you know limits. We had, you can hit the ball into, and whether it's raining, whether there's music around, whether there's people yelling, whether the crowd is against you, whether there's winds, 
whether there's whatever it is around you, you cannot let yourself be uh, interrupted and uh, lose your focus. Right. And so that image, that that metaphor is like, look, even at, we were 13 years old, 13, yep. 14 years old, uh, you know, uh, a coach telling you, hey, even if there's naked supermodels walking next to the court, you cannot look at them. You have to play your, your game. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that when, when you transition to business, it's very easy for me to focus. Like mm-hmm. focus for me is, is something very natural. I can, I can focus on writing a sales page for hours. I can focus on being on business calls for hours without having any dips in energy and focus because I was taught that yeah. naturally. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't need to read a book. I just, nothing against books, but it's like the way you're trained as a young athlete to focus and focus. And fo- I remember when you play tennis and you practice, the average practice session is between one and two hours. So okay. we we are trained as athletes to be able to play for two hours without, of course, you lose your focus every now and then, but the goal is not to lose your focus. Mm-hmm. And so when you take that mindset and that training and then you go out into the business world and you and you know you have to accomplish a task for 20 minutes or 30 minutes it's very easy because for years for me it was almost 10 years you're trained every single day to be able to play for two hours non-stop and some some of the longest matches i played were three plus hours so you have to focus for three hours yeah physically, mentally, emotionally. So going into the business world and applying focus is very easy for me because I've been trained like that since I was a, a child. Mm-hmm. So those are two examples, like yeah. discipline and focus that at the time you don't realize how it's going to help, but it makes business very easy once you apply those. Yeah. Did those things come? And of course you were taught step by step, but was it natural to you or did you also have like times where you were thinking, oh, I'm I'm so done with this or that you couldn't, you know, focus for instance, or get the discipline in, or was that something that because you had the goal in front of you, that it was only normal to do it and you never screwed up actually. For me, focus and discipline were very easy because I w- I've always been like that from even like the earliest I can remember, like focusing has never been an issue. Um, for some players it is, for some athletes, it is, but everyone's different, right? So I wasn't a super talented uh, tennis player. I, of course, I had talent. Otherwise, you can't play and you can't win. Um, but I knew that I didn't have the talent that Roger Federer has, for example. So I had to work more. So my way of, of becoming number one in the juniors and then you know playing the European and the World Championships and all that is because I, I knew that, okay, I don't have crazy amounts of talent, so I need to have crazy amounts of discipline and focus. And and that's how it worked for me. If I was super, super talented, maybe, uh, and that's what happens with a lot of athletes who have very, where everything is easy for them, usually they lack on the discipline and focus side, mm-hmm. right? So for me, discipline and focus was very simple and easy to do because I had to, I did have a choice. Because if I didn't have world-class talent and and if I didn't have world-class discipline and focus, I would never win, and I wouldn't be able to 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 be even think of being a professional. So because I didn't have as much talent as other players, I had to have this more than other players to right. make up for it. Yeah, um, which you can see a lot of 
and you can see usually it's one or the other, right? Mm-hmm. So either athletes, and you see this in football too, the the players who are the easiest, like who who, who have a very natural ability, usually not always, but usually have because they can get away with being so magical right. with the talent they have, they don't need a lot of discipline. So they can they go out where they drink more, they party more. And w- with time, it catches up with them and they oftentimes waste their potential. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, you have players who aren't super talented, but they're workhorses. And that was B. So they work a lot. They, they're disciplined. They're focused. They are relentless. They push themselves. And they don't have amazing talent, but because they have such an amazing work ethic, they make up for the talent. And that was that was me. So yeah. that's why thinking of like talking about discipline and focus, it was very easy because I didn't have a choice. So yeah, it reminds me of the documentary yes. about yeah. Michael Jordan, The Last Dance. If you look at him, I mean, of course he's talented, but in essence, the only way he got where he is right now is because of what he did, like you did, discipline and focus. That's also what you see there, like. He was relentless and people didn't like him, but that's what got him and the team to the level they wanted to be at. And that's also then, I guess, what got you where you wanted to be at until the injury, of course. Yeah. I mean, athletes like Jordan and Kobe Bryant and Tiger Woods and Federer, like the ones who are exceptional, like the legends in their sports, they have both, like Rafael and Vidal, both, right? Um, they have amazing talent. They're not this, so all these athletes would have become easily professionals without even working as much as they did. But then to win all these championships in the Jordan case that you said, and Federer and Nadal to win all these Grand Slams and win for 15, almost 20 years in their careers, you need both. Yeah. And that's those are the exceptions. Those are the ones who have talents, incredible amounts of talent. But also understand that it only gets you so far, and you need to have discipline, focus, and everything else. All these other yeah. skills, yeah, um, relentlessness, uh, you know, uh, obsession, wanting to always, you know, seek excellence, and so you need both. Like those legends of of the sports, they have those two things, uh, and so they would have they would have most likely been professionals without even working much, mm-hmm. but they would not have won as much if they didn't have, you know, the uh, the other attributes. So the soft yeah. skills, discipline, focus, and all that. Were you ever, or are you ever happy or satisfied with what you accomplish? Meaning the, the hunger and the discipline and the obsession, of course, stays, but how do you handle that? Is it always an obsession as in, I'm not I want to be better. It's not good enough yet. Or is it more a healthy way of obsession with you? Whatever in business and also with tennis. No, I mean, with, with, with tennis, I wasn't able to go to the end of where I wanted to go. So mm-hmm. I had to kind of accept that that's it, you know. But the uh, moment you were still in it, so I understand that you didn't, you know, get where you wanted to go. But when you were in it before the injury, what kept you motivated? Of course, you weren't at the top, but... How come you never said, when you had an achievement, for example, when you won a competition, you were number one, were you, were you able to enjoy it or was it immediately on to the next thing? Like, Hey, I want to, now I want this. No, 
it's always on to the next because, you know, let's say you become number one in the country, right? The next step is, oh, I need to win the championships because I'm number one. And if you won the championships, you need to win them again because you need to yeah. prove that you're number one, right? Mm. And so the, the 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 calendar, the athlete's calendar is so full with events that you don't have time to enjoy anything. Yeah. So for me, no, I mean, I I I grew up in a at a pace where you don't have time to sit back and relax. You just you win something or you lose something. And then the next day you're traveling to this other place to prepare for the next tournaments. So you go through, especially as a junior, you go through things very quickly. As a pro, you have seasons that allow you to have some downtime, like the off season. But growing up, there's no off season. I mean, you get maybe maybe two weeks off in tennis, at least because it's 12, there's tournaments every week. Mm-hmm. So... You uh, you never take really step back. Okay, and is it still the same in business right now for you? Of course, we can go into that more in depth in another episode. Yep. But just to quickly touch upon it, I know you're very successful. You don't need to you know work anymore ever, but you still do it. Is it because you still are not feeling satisfied with what you reached, or is it more um, a healthy hunger for more? I mean. It- it evolves, right? So, so that's a real answer. It, it, it evolves. So the, the the drive and the goals that you have when you're like when I was when I shifted from tennis to business in 2007 is not the same as today. It just it's it's not that it's more or less it's just different. So, mm-hmm. because you should, you know 15 years into a career you should not be doing the same things, right? No. So that's that's why you have juniors and then you have veterans on teams and veterans lead the juniors and juniors do more of the like the uh you know the small tasks and they play less minutes on the courts in a team sport they'll you know maybe you know in basketball or hockey they'll have fewer minutes so it's an evolution for me personally as a uh as an entrepreneur I mean, of course, it has evolved. Uh, the I see the 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 desire and the drive is different because you you do things out of out of you, you don't do things today out of necessity. Like for me, there is no there's no necessity. Which at the beginning there was because you know you need to make money, you need to pay your bills. You you my parents were always very supportive of me, but they also said, hey, as you go to in, into business, you need to. Like it's you're on your own. You need to do yeah. this yourself because it's your path. So yes, we'll support you to help you, like emotionally help you. But ultimately, it's your path. And so the 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 need to survive is the first thing you need to take care of when you start a new business or when you go out on your own because you need to pay your bills. And so that's so you do things out of necessity. And so that evolves over time and it must evolve. And so today is very different, of course, because, you know, there's no real necessity. It's more of a, it's more of a, what's the, what's something that's interesting to me. And you, you, you and I talk about this a lot about, you know, priorities and um, how I allocate time and resources and what's interesting to me. Yeah, today, you know, it's, it has evolved, of course, and it should evolve. So today I'm really more into, okay, I have a few very big goals. Um, and at the same time, it's like, if I don't hit those goals, it's fine. 
mm-hmm. because those because I've already achieved what I want what I've what I what I what I sought out to achieve. I, I already initially the goal was freedom and independence and survival, and that's met. And then long term survival and being able to retire early that that's met. That I mean that's you know those boxes are checked. Then the next stage is what do you want to do? That's something that's cool and interesting uh, for the next five, ten years, um, where you don't need when it's where it's not a need, but a, but a want, and that's I think the difference with the evolution, personally at least. Okay, interesting. Well, I think that's plenty for this episode. I think it's very valuable, yep. and cool. yeah, thank you everyone for listening. We'll talk again in the next one. Yep, sounds good. Thank you, everyone.